ho, what's going on? This is Nate, uh, and we're back with another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good, man. I'm always so excited by that intro music, and it's so funny to me that it's a riff off of Kirby, because uh, well, he just seems like a chill little dude, but uh, ah, the music just gets me pumped, man. Dude, well, you know, I think I think you pointed out at one point in time that uh, basically devouring your enemies to steal their power is probably the most metal concept of them all. So there you go, people. Josh went real dark with Kirby real fast. <laughs> there you go. The Nintendo mascot that uh, is actually horrifying when you really stop and think about it. He just, he needs some of that, like, you know, uh, white grease paint, like the corpse paint, you know? Um, yeah. If anyone wants to draw us a corpse paint Kirby, uh, <laughs> may, maybe I'll get like, I'll get sort of like, uh, maybe, maybe I'll take a crack at it tomorrow or, something I love or whatever, it. but that I love would be it. kind of fun. That he would just, be fun. He just swallowed Gene Simmons. And here's what happened. Yeah. Dude, that, that could be like our first t-shirt right there. Corpse paint Kirby. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, dude, but yeah, man, I'm doing good. How about, how are you? How are you doing this fine evening? Uh, you know, as I want to do, uh, most of my stuff gets tied up in the weather. There so, you, go. you know, it was okay. It was okay. I'm going to try to avoid my, like the, the weather report with Nate. Um, <laughs> it was not what I, the, the weather report with Nate goes like this. It was not the way I wanted it. To be. Um, Ugh. No, doing pretty good, man. Uh, just been having kind of a pretty chill week. Uh, you know, had a couple good Sundays, uh, fellowshipping with the body. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, this sort of, uh, I've been on this kick lately, and, and it, it's actually going to be a record later, too. But I've been mm-hmm. using, and because I'm a Presbyterian, and as we are wont to do, um, you know, we uh, submit or s- subscribe at to, at varying level at varying levels to the Westminster Confession of Faith. Mm-hmm. So I've been using the WCF as sort of a, a guide or a lead into my devotionals. Um, I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now, and it's been um, I'm trying to not say um so much, but it's been very <laughs> very good, very encouraging, very challenging, very very good. Awesome. So. Awesome. But, uh, how how are stuff. you doing? I mean, besides good, Jen. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, today, uh, it, well, it's kind of funny, like listening back to previous episodes, and I'm like, yeah, work is slowing down, all this stuff. This week, it's even it's even more so because this starts just some time off that I've had built up that I threw on the schedule. So I have the next basically week and a half off. I'm working on technically working on Sunday, um, but outside of that, I've got the next. Yeah, almost two weeks off, which is which is really nice. Um, I went to a conference last week. I was in Alabama with a bunch Alabama. of yeah, yeah. The first time I've ever been there, um, and I didn't really see much of it. It was the it was the church the conference was at, the hotel, and then places to eat and a music store. That was that was pretty cool. It was actually it's actually a lot bigger than I was expecting. Did you um, do the whole thing where you like just pulled out your 3DS and played video games the whole trip? Or? I I did it a little bit. Yes, oh. I did definitely <laughs> nice. pull that out. But well, it's actually kind of funny because you'd think so. The drive from Austin to Birmingham, Alabama, is a 12-hour drive. Okay, and so we were in the a 15-passenger van with eight people and luggage, 
And um, so beforehand, I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, this is going to be just like killer for being in the van all stinking day. Because of course, the 12 hour trip ends up being 13, 14 after you make stops and all that fun stuff. Um, but it was actually way better than I expected. And, and it, that said, it was, it was better in kind of the um, re- relational equity. And that sounds so cold. I just mean like, <laughs> I just mean like getting to know people, like being stuck in a van with people for 13, 14 hours really um, helps to get to know people. You know, and it's not like I didn't know. We did have some new people on staff who came along, and that was really cool. But even the people who I've known for a while, it was just cool to have conversations about, I don't know, just about everything that was on our mind and about our life and who we, well, I don't even have to say it. On my other podcast, I kind of talked about um, how me and my wife met, and um, that same yeah. conversation came up, like, during the, the trip and stuff like that. So it it was really cool. I was expecting to get a lot more reading and video game playing done because you mm-hmm. think 13 hours in the car, like, yeah, you're, you're going to play some video games, but I didn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I played maybe eh, probably a couple hours of video games there and back. Um, but it was definitely secondary to like the conversations that were going on in the, the stuff we were doing in, in the van, which was, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like it. Doesn't uh, sound like it at all, man. So, so that's that sounds pretty cool, actually. And that you're in Samantha's story made me smile. There were several <laughs> points where I was oh kind of gosh. like just laughing, like like you know, not in in a very good spirited sort of like compassionate way. And I'm like, no. No, yeah, no, I feel that one. <laughs> like um that dude was a loser. Nah, 20-year-old Josh. Dude, uh, I I think 20-year-old Josh was no more or less a clue. Like my wife and my wife knew that she liked me a year before I figured it out. Okay. So, you yeah. weren't like super I mean, like you were ahead of the curve there, bro. So, <laughs> um maybe. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah. So if you want to hear that story, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, or another early reco. I think that it was a really charming episode. It was fun. <laughs> so I recommend it. Uh, Josh and Samantha's podcast called So Talk to Me. Well, thanks, man. I, I we had we had fun with it. It was it was kind of a uh, an easy one for us just talking about ourselves since I was gone the whole week and our regular mm-hmm. recording schedule wasn't going to work out. So uh, we didn't have to drum up a different um topic it was just like hey talk about yourselves for the next hour so we're like okay let's let's try this and see what happens and and if you don't know from this podcast i you put a mic in front of me and i'll talk so yeah oh that's right brevity is not our thing no um <laughs> if you've seen the last episode that almost hit two hours um, when i saw that when i saw that i did just sort of go ooh, ooh. There was just like, ooh. Yeah. sort of like we went a little longer than i thought on that one just just um just no, it, but it was it was fun it was good it was. Um, I, agree. I agree so yeah. uh you know i'm kind of and, and you know about it but for the listeners uh my wife on her way home tonight Decided to rescue a kitten. 
and uh, we're not really sure what we're going to do with it yet. We're we're going to try and find it a, another home because my dogs. I'm not necessarily sure I, I would trust them, but every once in a while, like my head jerks over because you know it's a freaking kitten, mm-hmm. and they're stinking adorable. <laughs> like I'm not even a cat person, but I like kittens. Um, mm-hmm. But just sort of a little bit of like catch up from last week. I had like a couple redactions, addendums, mm-hmm. sort of clarifications. I got one myself. Um, I I wanted to say I was, I was I was going back through listening to it, and I that podcast we talked about. I referred to it as not everything is alive, and the podcast is actually just called Everything Is Alive. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one of them. Uh, the, another podcast that I brought up or recommended was Secrets of the Most Productive People, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I called it. I think I called it that, but it's by Fast Company, and. Um, yeah, I just I, I finally finished that Memory Sorrow and Thorn trilogy that Oh yeah, yeah. I sort of and uh you know, it turns out he's writing more of them. So <laughs> you know, back down the rabbit hole I will shortly be heading. Um I also, you know, just some you know, but that's that's kind of like the only stuff that I really felt like I needed to like sort of like check in. That wasn't backlog report style stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. I got gotcha. you. I I did have one little addendum that was even on my notes, but I totally forgot to mention it. But I mean, go figure. We were talking for a while last time. Is uh, the whole you know last uh, time's episode was about what the you know the new and shiny and why you would purchase a game brand new. And I did actually have one other reason that popped into my brain as to why you would purchase a game new as opposed to to waiting a while and getting into it. And that just has to do with being a part of the discussion of a new game. Because especially, I mean, like, we we saw this, uh, like, immediately after God of War came out, Mm -hmm. that it just just seems like, if you're, you know, if you're keyed into the the video game culture, any, you know, video game groups or anything like that, uh, if you follow people on YouTube who talk about video games, they're inevitably going to be talking about the latest and greatest in video gaming. And so um, a lot of the times I have to kind of excuse myself from a lot of those discussions if they're, if they contain spoilers. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm down to, to learn non-spoiler info on, on new games like that, but a lot of kind of the themes, you know, I've heard about this, this uh, God of war game has to do with the dad and his kid and, um, you know, and, and his, the Kratos' story arc and things like that, but I don't know any details. Um, there's mm-hmm. lots of conversations going on around that, that if you were to, to wait a while, I, I don't have a PS4, so I couldn't play it anyway. Um, then you wouldn't kind of share in a lot of those information. So I think that aspect is a little bit more communal, you know, if, if, if your group of friends or, or even, um, you know, if, if you're into like we are with the backlog breakdown of taking a look at different themes in popular media or in video games and seeing how it relates to the gospel and how it relates, you know, what Christian themes are in there, um, then being a part of that conversation can also be helpful as well. So it's not all bad picking up new games and, you know, jumping on the hype train and, and plopping down your 60 bucks plus tax 
um that that's just one other way i think um i don't know in in the pro column of purchasing new games that was my yeah. little clarification no i i think that's like a fair pushback because I, I think we did sort of like be like we did kind of come across a little just in retrospect saying you shouldn't really buy there there aren't that many great reasons to right. buy new games mm-hmm. and you know and again th- there are reasons and some of them are good and i think that is one and I, and I think it's just as long as you're sort of engaging that responsibly you know right. i think that's all all anybody c- can really ask for yeah so awesome any so- other like miscellany I'm trying to think. I've, I've got this value. list, but I don't even know. We did uh, in our in our book club. Book club. Wow, I can't even mm. use words. Uh, book club. We started up a new book, which apparently I had to choose. Um, so your I, was pick. Little, I was a little late on that. Um, but doing another uh, doing another Frankie Schaefer book, which mm. has already been um, not what I expected. Go figure. Just like last month. Um, but it's called How Then Should We Live? Okay, so I figured it was going to be pretty practical, you know? The title sounds like it's practical. How should we live? And so far it's been like all like history of Western thought and philosophy, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I like listening to it. But it makes me feel stupid because it's hard <laughs> for me to like follow along um, and, and completely grasp when he's given this overview of different like deep philosophical ideas. Um, and, and so far it hasn't hit like it's, it's yeah, it's just been history and leading up to the, the modern era. And so I'm just like, how, how does this relate to the title at all? I don't even know. Um, but I need I, to find my it. copy. So I have a copy that a friend gave me years ago. And so no, I actually don't have an excuse to not read it. So, um, Sorry. no, I'm looking for. I, I've, I've. It's one of those things where I've dipped into it mm-hmm. and I've listened to enough and I've sort of read around it enough that I have a fairly good idea of what it has to say. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to actually tackle that that book by itself. So, good pick on that one. That was a good yeah. pick. And shout out to Nate Leopard, man. Yeah. Um, Dude, just to, and I know we're sort of breaching, like sort of encroaching on some of the backlog report stuff, but uh, that uh, just some like quick thoughts on a good man is hard to find. Um, and we, we kind of like talked about it, but man, whoa, that just was not like I did not see that one coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and even having the the heads up that you had given me and saying like, no, this is pretty, some of this stuff is pretty high concept and it's, it's a little gritty, little dusty, little grim at times. And just, man. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, Ms. O'Connor's ability to write is, and I, and I even said this to you, it's, you know, for the 20, 30 minutes that I'm listening to these stories, I'm sucked in, in a way that, very few storytellers can pull me in mm-hmm. and um, this I'm invested in these characters in, in a short story. I'm invested in these characters in a way that is just bizarre to me. And mm-hmm. it's just, I think that's just, that is a mark or, you know, of her ability and her craft craftsmanship or, you know, 
and so uh, but definitely definitely so i guess uh well, do you that... have any papers to shuffle oh man uh let me let me <laughs> let me get some that's 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 what i was gonna say let's do this let's let's roll right on in to the backlog report that wasn't very um news nightly news ish it needs to be a lot I, more controlled than that. I think I think what we ought to do is maybe maybe tomorrow is my scheduled day off. Maybe what I'll do is I'll just I'll do stingers of me like shrieking like the the <laughs> I'll try to do like some metal shrieking and um, see if we can uh, come up with, come up with some stingers for the different segments. I love so, it. I love it. Let's kick it. Or let's let's workshop that. We'll see. We'll see where we are in a couple weeks. In, in keeping it. in keeping with our sort of like pseudo metal theme. So, um, <laughs> if a metal band hosted a nightly news report, what would it sound like? <laughs> if Kirby fronting a metal band was no, I'm just kidding. Uh, of course, big uh, Kirby. <laughs> um. So backlog report. Do you have anything to report from the previous couple weeks? Um. So I'm still not done with Battle Chasers. Okay. Uh, this game has been I I actually beat a couple of the dungeons. The, the, There's some things that this game does, and when I'm done, done, I'll give sort of like a, a, an overview. But there's some things that this game does that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it handles dungeons, and I may have said this before, I don't remember if I did or not, but. There are sort of there are two different types of dungeon. There are sort of like these set pieces, like that they call event places or something like that, which the layout stays the same and it's it's a very specific event that you you engage, um, and then that set piece is sort of done. It it remains, but if there's like a fight there or anything, you can't go back and and respawn that fight. And then the actual dungeons get re-rolled every time you can you can once you finish the dungeon you can re-roll it and you can re-roll it at at three different difficulty levels okay so it makes sort of going back and doing some dungeon like you know just grinding through dungeons it adds like a little bit of uh i don't know variety yeah and so i i beat a couple of the like the story dungeons and um like I said, there are some things I think the game does very, very well. There's some other parts where I'm kind of like, really? Um, oh, man. Still, still liking it. Um, but I definitely think that post this, I'm going to take a break from all the RPGs and I'm going to maybe clear out some other genres for a little bit. Just, you know, just for a few games. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was listening listening to a good man is hard to find i'm i'm not quite done i'm probably about 80 percent through it um read another chapter of good and angry um i do need to find my copy of how should we or how we should then live or how should we then live or whatever um and then my memorization i've pretty much got uh galatians chapter 2 1 through 10 tacked down nice so i'm going to start moving on to the next section and then just making sure that I reinforce the memorization that I've already picked up. Yeah. So yeah, it is. My wife just, my wife just found (gasps) nice. So got the book. um, You don't even have to look for it. Yeah. The reason my friend gave it to me is like, I borrowed it from him 
and then my dog chewed off some of the dust jacket. Oh, no. So she's she's good for that. So <laughs> what's your what's your uh, she she's in several Bibles and things. So Whew. it's it's made me angry at times. <laughs> oh. um, what's your backlog report progress here, man? Um, so I just need to make one comment real quickly before I, I jump into that. Is that you said you're going to pull back from RPGs? Does that include Octopath? For a little bit, you're probably not going to jump into that. Dang, man, you got some some. See, I I would probably the Octopath is probably one of those games that as soon as it's in my possession, I'll drop what I'm playing to play it, just because. <laughs> and maybe maybe that's the hype train speaking. I don't know. Um, but you have some self control, and that is that is commendable, good sir. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, well, I guess since I mentioned that game. And because I'm a little bit obsessed, did you did you hear the news uh, that that team tweeted out earlier today? They said that um, that basically they basically just confirmed that they're working on another Bravely title. That because oh. Octopath has done so well, they're definitely going to be making another Bravely title. That excites like oh. now. Is it coming to the Switch? Or they is it they be didn't like say. Okay. They didn't say. Although you know, if they're just starting on a game, or you know. Th- Thinking about development cycles, if it's going to be another year and a half, two years, it's probably going to be Switch. You know, with how well Octopath sold on Switch, I assume that they'll just do it on Switch. But I, hope, I don't know. I kind of hope so. I actually just read this article on Kotaku about how Nintendo is doing, has just consistently, and I'm not, I don't want the Switch to die mm-hmm. or the, uh, 3DS. the 3DS to die. Yeah. Um, but they are sort of diluting their own market by releasing games only on the 3DS still. Yeah. Um, like uh, Persona Q2 uh-huh. yep. came out for the 3DS, um, and that's a Switch-only sort of thing. And it's just kind of like, there's a part of me that's just like, I don't understand why you just don't say, no, nope, there will be a version for both. Like, right. one could be... A little more like you know hot like a little upresed and you know prettier or whatever but right yeah, nin- nintendo's gonna nintendo so <laughs> yeah well i mean they did that with uh what sushi striker that came out mm-hmm. is that was originally announced for 3ds then the switch the, at least what it looked like to me was the switch ended up doing better than they expected and so then they're like oh this is a switch title so pay us ten dollars more and you'll get better graphics um, along with the 3ds version, if you'd rather have 3ds. So yeah, I mean that that seems to be a good a good way of going. Also, you know, both. Why not? Why not both? Why not both? Why not both? Because you already so have a huge market. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. Let's I, keep going. I, I I took you off course. I like so, it. Sorry. No. No. That's okay. So uh, I don't have much. As I said before, I did not get as much gaming done at least in the previous week, as I kind of expected, which is fine. Um, but just trucking along in Strange Journey. Um, I do like some of the things I'm seeing from the the story is changing a little bit. I've actually encountered some other humans inside of this uh, dimensional rift, which is really weird because they are just, they're, they're there and they're like, nope, we don't care about humanity. We're just here to harvest stuff and make money. Like they're super blatant about like, I don't care what's good for humanity. We're just here to make money. So if you're going to get in our way, then we're going to blow you away. 
which which just brings in this totally different dynamic of like, oh man, humanity kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> they so, sound like very pleasant people. <laughs> yeah. W- well, the funny thing is the the way that, and maybe it's just the translation, but the way that their captain talked was was actually pretty prim and proper. And I think you're supposed to get that like weirdness out of it because he's so proper, but he's so very much like, no, we don't care. Like, we know you're trying to save the world. We don't care. Get out of our way. Or if you want to help us, then help us. But we have the firepower to just demolish you. So it was, it, it's, it's, it feels really weird. Hmm. Um, but trucking along in that, yeah, like I said, didn't make as much progress as, as I kind of expected to make. I have hit a point where um, it feels kind of grindy, or at least the, the dungeon that I'm in has so many like warp points that you're constantly like backtracking and trying to get yeah. to the next place, which was annoying if I wasn't playing it on a 13 hour van ride, you know, like it wasn't as bad because it was kind of just background, whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't super invested at the time. Um, so it was okay, but it, I am kind of thinking like, I hope this isn't what the rest of the game is. I hope there's a little bit more here. Um, but, Good thing with RPGs is whenever you fight a battle, you get experience. So, like, you're always making progress in some form or fashion. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, in in the book, the just the one thing that I, I noticed, which is kind of crazy, in the book, um, How Then Should We Live, uh, Schaefer makes a point about the rise of the occult, and um, it made me think about the video game I'm playing. Because he said something basically about um, the the purposelessness of humanity from like a nihilistic system. Like if you don't believe in a god, then everything's random chance, sort of an idea. And he, he's talking about like the rise of the occult and people trying to um, look to look to demonic forces to find purpose. And uh, yeah, he just he just made the remark, and, and I'm totally butchering it, but basically saying like when when humans no longer have a purpose, can no longer find a purpose in and of themselves, they turn to other things, and in this case with the occult, like they they're even willing to turn to demons to find that purpose. And I was just like, dang, that's that's a crazy thing to say. One, and then on the other hand, it's like that totally goes along with this video game that I'm playing. Um, because, you know, like I had mentioned in the, in the series, they use demons in the narrative to kind of, uh, to kind of push along the story to where they want it to go. And, and there's this whole, um, aspect of like humanity using demons. And then, like I just mentioned other factions of humanity and how like depraved humanity is. So, um, Hmm. yeah, that's just sort of. Even listening to you talk about that, I was listening to uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and it it was one of his Sunday specials or whatever. And he had interviewed Sam Harris. Do you know? Who? I think it's Sam Harris. Yeah, he is a very popular atheist, right? The new atheism, one of the four hosts yeah, of the new atheist. He's he's the dude who makes the claim that, like, basically, um, that American culture or the sort of American decency is grounded in enlightenment thought 
versus the Judeo-Christian root, and et, okay. et cetera. Like, and and he's a, I mean, he's like a neuroscientist and a, okay. a philosopher, and he's a pretty smart dude. Um, but I thought it was even interesting because Ben did sort of like push that and said like, you know, at the end of the day, what is the reason? Like, sort of like, and 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 again, you know, this is me condensing the conversation down. But even saying like, you know, why, why? Because if all this is is protoplasm acting at a certain temperature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what ground do we have to say, oh, we should flourish or we should pursue X, Y, and Z? And if it's all predestinative, you know. Um, and yeah, you know, I just I've yet to hear like a really compelling argument mm-hmm. for I mean, now granted, you know, I have the Holy Spirit, you know, sort of working on me. So right. those arguments are gonna I'm not gonna find them in- incredibly compelling uh-huh. regardless. But right. I, I just it's sort of it is one of those things where, you know, to to quote John Calvin, the heart is an idol factory. And so mm-hmm. we will constantly look for some sort of meaning to attach ourselves to yeah um so no i think that's that's cool what else you got anything else or is that Um, sort of well the last part i mean that's it for the video games um the last part is really uh just about the scripture memorization didn't do as well as i had hoped there also i i did get Uh three verses so it's not um it's better than it has been than the two i have been doing upped my game a little bit. Um, but I was taking a look at the rest of it. Like I said, I'm off for the next week and a half. Although school does start up next week. So that's Ooh. fun. Um, yeah, yeah, right. And well, talk to me in two weeks. Then I'll, then we'll see how everything's <laughs> when I'm catching up at work as uh, well as school. Um, actually we will talk again in two weeks. So we'll see. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of how this thing works, man. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I want to, I, I have noticed, like I've, I've, I've kind of gotten a system down now, if that makes sense. And I was taking a look at the text of James and just the different kind of like break points. And so I want to shoot, and this is kind of crazy. I want to shoot to have uh 15 down by next time. Okay. Um, so another seven on top of the eight. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be on the podcast, but it's I'm going to. Josh will have <laughs> exactly. So you can you can text me in like two days and be like, okay, you got another two verses down because you're on track. How does how does um how do you go about? I I know you were sort of using like the fighter versus curriculum mm-hmm. or, or like format. Like, what does that look like for you? Just I'm sort of curious. Um, um when you go to memorize something. So a lot of it is a lot of it is really just like taking the taking the newest verse and repeating it a lot, which causes a lot of I say a lot, a lot. That's weird. Um, which it kind of acts as meditative for me. You know, like mm-hmm. it it's good to it, you can if you want to just say it and memorize the, the you know, the syllables in your head. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not why I'm trying to memorize these verses, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it helps just repeating it. So you repeat it 10 times at the start of the day, your new verse, or if you're, if you're still working on an older verse, like if you don't have it down, then you repeat that 10 times and then you add on 
your previous, what you've done previous. And so basically get to where you can go through all of it without having to look at anything. And if you can do that, then it kind of depends on up to me whether like, okay, I did it once I'm done. Or if I feel like I still got more work to do, then I can stick with it a little bit longer. Um, But it's, it's fairly simple. Um, But man, repeating verses really, um, if you put the emphasis on different words, especially when you're trying to memorize it, because like, you Mm -hmm. know, the first time, the first couple times you read the verse, it's like you get the gist of it, but the words aren't there. Um, and so when you start putting words in there, you notice things like, like the tenses of different words or the fact that he used two different words to describe something versus just one word. Like you get a feel for the author and what mm-hmm. they're trying to say, um, which is super cool. That is cool. So, so, yeah. So that's where I'm at with the, with the memorization. Not okay. where I want to be, but but press well, on it's it's a process man and i think like the thing is it's better to just keep plugging away than yeah to just be like oh i'm not doing it the way i want to and then just be like eh, i'm not doing this anymore yeah but yeah and it is you know it's 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 almost as if like god had this figured out or something um because especially those verses have popped up like they come to mind a lot more easily when people are talking, uh, you know, because the first chapter of James talks about trials, you know, count it, um, mm-hmm. count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. And uh, that verse in particular has just popped up multiple times when I'm talking, you know, on, on our trip, when I'm talking with people and having conversations about life. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, God knew what he was doing, you know, when he says to meditate on his word and, you know, when you the word is perfect and hide his word in your heart so that you may not sin against him. You know, things like that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's actually true. It's true. Oh man, so. for sure. It's, it's weird. I mean, well, we read, uh, Jamie Smith's book, uh, you are what you love. Oh the, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this reading group too. And it's I, one of the things that always like that stuck out with, to me with that book was, he said, like, you know, a lot of times we want to just sort of act like we're these breathing computers. And so if we put the right data in, we'll get the right output out. And he's like, and then he sort of says, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It is interesting to me how when I am actively studying and memorizing scripture, how often that does just sort of come to bear a little more frequently in, in ways yep. that are up. It are applicable in my life, or is applicable in my life. So, I, you know, you know, and I think he even goes on to say that, like, hey, learning and memorization and studying is good, but that's not the end all be all. It's not just right. like if I learn the right stuff. Um, so, totally. Now, you pick the main topic this mm-hmm. time. So, and it's a good main topic, man. You know, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I have a tendency to feel like maybe like I just sort of like bulldoze and, I, and, and, and sort of, you know, run rough shot. Oh, oh, can't talk. Like I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting Logan mouse uh, words, words getting hard. Um, no, but 
I have a tendency. I, I think sometimes I tend to, to, to run roughshod, but you wanted to talk about, and let, let me just make sure that I'm saying this right. And if I'm not, you can make fun of me and, you know, uh, but you, you sort of wanted to talk about games and art style and can, uh, I have also like story kind of examining sort of like the different hooks that games have. Yeah. And how that weighs in on what we choose to play next and how we can even sort of maybe pull some redemptive qualities from these different hooks. Yeah. Is that, is that like a Dude, fair assessment? Totally. Yes. Yes. That was, that was way better than even I was expecting. And the only reason I say I have full faith in you, Nate, is not you, it's me. Um, the only reason I say that is because like when I initially uh, was thinking of a topic, I, it, what came up was just kind of this interplay of gameplay or, you know, the mechanics of a video game versus the story of the game versus what um, I would now say would be presentation. But originally I said art direction, but I, I was missing a crucial piece with that before, um, which mm. I think is music. And I think music and artwork go go together kind of hand in hand. And so I'm I'm summing that up as presentation. But um so initially I wanted to talk about that, but then as I'm thinking through it, um it just it just also kind of uh branched out into, you know, we're thinking about backlogs and how that how these different aspects of games have you determining what you want to play next, what games you actually want to purchase and put into your backlog. And, and things like that. So it became a much kind of bigger and broader topic than I had initially kind of thought about. Um, but I think that is quite a good summary um, to, to kind of start out with. And hopefully we'll keep it, to, keep it concise as much as we can. Um, well, I, I, you know, when you, when you pitched this to me, I actually thought of like jazz for some reason. Okay. And I'm like, no, we'll have like this kind of like structured format and then and a really good idea of where it's supposed to go. And then we're just going to play with it for a while. Like, you know, how like the best jazz musicians are really technically proficient mm-hmm. They're And then they just sort of like, they know how to break the form and then they can just get in there and break it in all the best ways. It, hopefully it's. <laughs> yeah. that, that was a great yeah. analogy. So that was, I was like, was oh, nice. it'll be like brain jazz. <laughs> brain jazz. That um, should be a podcast. Brain jazz. Uh, uh, so, so, so let's take, oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? Well, I, I was just going to say, I'm going to, and, and I, I said this to you, I'm going to try and just sort of riff off of what you bring up and sort of when I have stuff to sort of like interject or sort of build on, I'll try to do that. And I, I want to give you as much sort of like headway as you need to sort of unpack some of the stuff that you wanted to talk about. Okay, Cool. Well, the first thing um, I figured is that we'll go to our our friends in the uh, in the backlog book club mm. and see what they had to say about about this topic of how you choose games and what aspects of gaming really kind of appeal to you. Um, so the first comment that we had, and this was literally like a minute or two after I posted it, was from a Mister Logan Sharp. If you know who he is. He said, I like to play the oh, most brutally Logan. difficult games imaginable. So um, that that's appealing, you know, just playing games that'll beat you. To, I assume he's talking about like the Kaizo Marios out there, um, all of that. 
that that delicious yeah, he's, he's talking about that my little pony racer that he has oh, on the switch oh there you go it just he he just can't get past that second track yeah those sword horses man they'll cut you to mm-hmm. pieces the ones with the wings they shoot you with their lasers their <laughs> rainbow lasers and they defeat you with the power of love and oh friendship. no that's the worst no i'm just kidding. no he does he does um yeah, and I'm, you know, I will sort of like just to sort of pick on Logan a little bit though. Like, dude, where you at with Neo, bro? Like, he played that, <laughs> he, he beat it, and he was like, "Nope, I'm out." And I was like, "Nah, man, I'm just gonna like sit here and roll around in this puddle for a while." <laughs> and uh, so nice, nice. But yeah, no, he does. He does dip into those pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it was totally tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, I mean, what immediately comes to mind is yard games like Celeste and Dark Souls, mm-hmm. and I think he played through Bloodborne as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, so real difficult game. I know the the new one that's coming out, Dead Cells. He's real excited about that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know he does play very difficult. He is a better video game player than I am, like just just in terms of um, in terms of skill. Also, yeah, for anyone out there, just a side note is that I really enjoy playing video games. That does not mean I'm very good at them. <laughs> so please don't assume that I, I'm actually that that great at video games. There are certain games I, I, I played through the Dark Souls series. Beat them all. They were fun. Um, but again, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm actually good at them. It just means I found out how to beat them. Uh, anyways, okay, so so some more comments that, um, that kind of stuck out. Paul uh, said that SNES RPG, JRPGs provide something of a platonic form in his mind of the perfect game. So however closely the game reflects that form is how interested he is in it. He likes other styles, but largely the JRPG genre is what he goes to. And uh, my, my heart goes out to Paul because I, I, think, I think I'm that way a lot too. Is that um, and, and I mentioned it before? Is that JRPGs are kind of like my comfort food, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, even the other genre that he mentions is platformers, and so that those two are definitely my top two. JRPGs and, and platformers are are just like my go to games, um, but they're definitely there. There are other ones that I'll, I'll you know that I'll dabble in as well, um, but those two are just always always good. Uh, Eric says that. As the years go by, it's become plain to him that he games based on his mood and that his mood is the primary basis for his choice of games. Um, he does go on to mention that this can cause some troubles with the backlog because uh, that means that he can just throw out a game whenever he wants to and just play you know, the, the latest and greatest. I mean, he didn't necessarily say that. But- Mere accumulation mode Activated. There you go. There you go. Um, so I, he readily admits that it's a pitfall. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, I'm probably there with Eric. Um, I do like RPGs. Like, that's sort of like, that's my comfort food. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. like a, an easy go to for me. But I've also noticed that there are times when I do, like, I, as a general rule, I do tend to avoid first person shooters. Um, especially like the, like the call of duties and the battlefields and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I play like I'm playing division with my buddy, yeah. so it's not like, um, but the whole 
there's just a whole subculture like and fighting games i love mm-hmm. fighting games but i'm okay. really not good at them and i've broken one too many controllers to just <laughs> like try to like dip back into that madness um but yeah like a lot of it is just really based on sort of my mood and mm-hmm. you know sometimes i want like a just like a an old school platformer you know uh mario 3 is a is a personal like a, that's like a childhood favorite of mine yes but I also, I I go I go pretty hard at like the Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, even the hardcore like action, uh, the ARPGs there, like you know Neo and Bloodborne and Dark Souls and stuff like that, and Lords of the Fallen. Like I've been known to throw my hat in those rings, um, you know. So it's like I tend to be kind of varied, but yeah, definitely that definitely does lend itself to like just sort of entering into like the mere accumulation mode. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it can, it can be dangerous. Uh, uh, well, it's probably been a few years now is that I've made kind of not a strict rule, but my rule is pretty much to finish what I'm, if I'm not abandoning the game is to finish what I play before moving on to the next mm -hmm. game. Um, that's a general rule. Sometimes if I get a new game, I'll play, you know, the first hour or whatever, just to, just to get my feet wet and then go back to what I was playing. But I try as hard as I can to actually finish games versus, um, if, again, if I'm enjoying them because it, it, it got to a point where I was like playing halfway through a handful of games and like, I've never gone back. And that's why I've started Bioshock like three or four times and never actually finished it. Um, what like i just like what prevented you just like you just kind of got like to a certain point and you're like i'm just not having fun or was it just like something else came along and you're like no i like this more yeah purely other games i enjoyed it uh, i enjoyed it and i'm still really intrigued because i want to know what other people love about it so much um because i was enjoying it but i was still like i don't get what the what the huge like this game is you know 10 out of 10 Dude. kind of thing. Has it been spoiled for you? No, no. Okay. I've, I've heard the slogan, but I don't. And, and I no. I, this is what I will say. I think like the game is really good. Like it's got some really good mechanics. It's, it's, it's kind of fun to play. Um, it's scary in all the right ways. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I don't think, I don't think it's like outstanding as far as gameplay goes or, mm-hmm. Like, there's some really interesting mechanics, but, like, you know, a lot of it is kind of, I don't know, whatever. Like, but that storyline and that ending and that sort of the last couple hours of that game take what is a fairly, like, it's a a good experience. Mm -hmm. And, like, you hit this point and it just goes, like, the dial gets, like, turned up and you're like, holy crap, that's a, you know... They just, they just stuck their head, their hands into my brain and went and like squished okay. my brains around. Dang. Like, you know, um, it's, it's totally, it's, it's one of those games where it's narrative on, it, it has sort of a meta narrative is yeah the, the thing that just grabs everybody by the throat and says, nope. And it's so, like I said, it takes what, what is a pretty good game and when you get to this point 
and it just like I said when that when you hit that point in the game, that's when all of a sudden it's like, and like the the switch flips. Nice. Um, because I I felt pretty similarly about it. I was like, oh no, this is pretty good. Like, and I enjoyed it, but it was like that ending just like hit me like a sack full of hammers. Um, <laughs> so nice, uh, like a hammer brother. No, he doesn't have a sack. He just throws hammers. Okay, sorry. Well, he he's got to have a sack stash somewhere, somewhere man, because somewhere. like that dude's got a lot of hammers. It's true. He and he uh, just no doesn't stop him. flinging them. Yeah, yeah, does not stop, stop flinging them. Well, along with that, actually, that that's that's great because that totally dovetails into the rest of the conversation that I wanted to have about just the different um, types of gameplay uh, that that cause you to to enjoy games and and Wes on the and the group kind of got into this as well is that he says he pretty much stays in the gaming niche niche of rpgs platformers and rhythm games so he's actually found his sweet spot with these different mm-hmm. genres um but then he brought up something that i totally didn't even think about is that uh he, he says that good stories are preferred interesting mechanics pull him in but his main criteria for gaming these days is accessibility and that has to do with um, being able to take the game on the go and to play it in short bursts because of just the stage of life that he's at being a dad being a teacher um and and that was a really good point to me and i think i mean i think that's why the switch is selling so well like it is um is that Mm -hmm. people are you know as people get older it's it just it's so much more convenient when you can pull out this gaming machine um, and play a and play a triple A experience on the go and be able to start and stop where you need to. Um, well, and that was sort of like the whole premise, like you know, not to to veer too far off the the track here, but like that was sort of the premise of the Vita. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, like the the reality is, like the Switch did everything that we wanted the Vita to do. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 this high this sort of high level sort of gaming experience that you can shove in a bag or if you have really big pockets, you can stick <laughs> in your pocket. You know, if you're still wearing like, you know, cargo shorts. Yeah. You could probably fit your switch in there. So I've got my, my, I've got me a couple pairs of cargo shorts. Yeah. It's true. I do too. I do too, man. So <laughs> preach bro. Preach. Those pockets are so handy. It happens. They're so handy. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Jason in the group also just mentioned that he likes to play solo games, um, which is kind of interesting. He mentioned some MMOs, but he likes to play them solo because of the deluge of content that are in those games. I'm like, dude, that that you are a smart man, Jason, um, being able to 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 divvy up your time like that and say, I'm going to spend all my time on this, you know, on this huge game uh, because. I yeah, I've spread myself so thin over my backlog that uh I don't have time to focus on completing very many games. He also said that he has like six games that he's actually paid for on his backlog. Yeah. And I'm like I'm like, oh and I know Jason. Like Jason actually lives in the same town as me. Oh sweet. So we go to we go to church together. And, nice. Um, so yeah, he's a uh, man. I'm like six <laughs> wouldn't that be I was nice. like those numbers someday someday i'll get there um we're we're working on it 
But yeah, so um, along with that kind of discussion of what types of games that you enjoy, um, there is this bigger discussion, and I'm just going to touch on it. I don't want to. I don't want to focus too long on it. But what kind of came up for me as I'm as I'm thinking through these things is um, actually my wife had asked me the other day. Um, she she just asked what is it about video games that I enjoy so much? Cause I was watching YouTube and mm. the guy was talking about video game, like the history of some video game series. I think it was like the wonder boy series. So something like off the beaten path. And I was interested in it. She was like, so what exactly is it about video games that you enjoy? And it was hard for me to put into words, um, what it is I enjoy about video. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, well, I, I, I like it. I like it. It's fun to push a button <laughs> and do stuff. You know, like I, I felt like a Neanderthal because it was it was difficult. So that's so been in the back of my head for the past couple of days is like is just trying to um, analyze what exactly it is. And what I told her is initially is just like I enjoy the challenge, you know, of of setting up uh, just the problem solving of setting up mm-hmm. something and then do I have the skill to actually complete it? Because, I mean, as anyone who plays video games could tell you, man, when those credits roll, it just, it feels awesome. You know, there, there's, there's definitely a part of which you're like, oh, it's over, I wanted to keep playing. But then it, you know, you just get that sense of, like, I did it. The, that, was, that was good. Like, just that satisfaction of seeing the credits roll. So I think that that sense of challenge is is definitely one of the reasons why I play video games. Um, but then there's this whole discussion, this whole modern discussion of uh, video games as art, you know, and 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 how some people would even say that video games isn't the proper term; that it should be something like interactive storytelling. You know, it's it's a it's a separate medium for interactivity um, in in telling stories. But as I thought about that more, I, you know, if you're honest with yourself, that's not how video games got started. Like they weren't mm-hmm. out to tell stories initially. It was literally no, just Pong. Pong is just an epic dude. It, it's it's, a, it's it's like Beowulf. Exactly. It's, it's up there like, with Homer. Yeah. Pong. <laughs> what's what 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 is the paddles motivation? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and what? Just just wait, wait a couple of years, and like you know, there's Fox probably somebody will... who's done like a dissertation or something right. on Pong. Uh-huh. So I'm sure, um, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's something in there somewhere. Uh, you know, the, the Adventures of Jump Man or Mario, mm-hmm. like you know, Save the Princess. There wasn't there wasn't anything bigger than that. You know, you you can tell me, oh well, you know, Mushroom Kingdom the. Toads have become all the people have turned into blocks, and you know it's it was run well, the think, right. What's that? Keep going. Well, I, I was just gonna say I think there were probably some people at the very beginning who saw what it could be, what it could do, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of really chased that down. But I think like so, I'm I mean I'm a big fan of the games as art conversation. Yeah. I think it's I think it's an important conversation to have, mm-hmm. and I know in some ways that it's just been driven into the ground, um, and and in some ways rightfully so that people have just sort of like it's a dead horse, and they've beaten it. 
and we've just like we've taken the dead horse and we've tried to resurrect it and then we've you know yeah we've done some awful things then we kill it again kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh but i think one of so the one of the closest parallels that we really have is cinema right right yeah and and so there are a lot of times where everybody wants to take and sort of like over art to like they want to artsy they want to fartsy artsy up the game to an extent where it's just like you know they're reading way too much into something trying to get it to mean something and it's like some some games are just big dumb action movies mm-hmm. right and they're just they're they're sort of like not not even a cash grab but it's like sort of like it's lowbrow entertainment it's just dumb fun and that's yep. okay um but i do think like on on the other side of that um you know we had sort of in, in the like we had sort of pitched around there were like three sort of and i like presentation as a category better than mm-hmm. just art style or whatever but i think i think yeah and, and i can only speak to my experience insofar as this but i think like the original thing was like story is what hooked me like the first games mm-hmm. i really got into were like dragon warrior and legend of zelda and it's just like epic adventure and i was a kid who like like I read the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit when I was like eight years old, I read the Chronicle. I was a voracious reader and that, that escape, that fantasy, that story, it was kind of like, I wanted to see how the story ended. The story was like sort of what pulled me through even like sort of a bare bones kind of loose, you know? And it was like, you got to stand in place of Frodo or you got, you know, so when you're playing the legend of Zelda, you are Link. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, 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 it's it's sort of like, a, you know, a pixelated representation, but it's like you're stepping into that a little bit. And I think that that sort of escapism or being able was was a, an initial hook for me. And mm-hmm. games with good story, I mean, will always get my attention, even like I mean, like unless the controls are just absolutely abhorrent, absolutely broken, <laughs> you know, or there's just something absolutely game breaking in there that just sort of like throws a whole experience off like a, a good story i i will always be a sucker for a good st- story which is why i hate final fantasy 7 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went there. oh um, now I, I i'm i'm kind of joking you i don't just hate stabbed final it in fantasy the back 7. while it was looking the other way like, like sephiroth did to Aerith. because <laughs> yeah um no, I, I just think, you know, I it's sort of just there to poke fun yeah. at Jesse if he actually listens to this. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just not the biggest fan of that game. It's a fine game. It's fine. But mm-hmm. so and, and, you know, there are other things that sort of as you, you you progress and you've gotten older, like my friends and I, I had a friend who used to ask me, like, to rank, like, what would like what this sort of different hooks like what were the the most important factors in a game mm-hmm. and as i've gotten older and, and, and in some ways it depends on the game so like i, I kind of you know i hope i'm not like moving the conversation in a different direction no no, no. i love this this to. is exactly dude so like story was like the initial hook and so like i fell in love with final fantasy 3 six depending on where you're picking it up you know Mm -hmm. um final fantasy six i'm just gonna say that like that this 
huge story. I, I fell in love with the Final Fantasy series, period. There are these epic stories, there's lots of lore, there's these just these little cosmos sort of contained on this cartridge or in a ROM file or whatever. And so that's originally where I, I really got into that. And that, that was sort of the hook that held me and kept me for a long time. And then as, as I sort of progressed, um, and as, as technology sort of progressed, um, I became a lot more interested in, and, and, and I don't want to say I was like some sort of graphics junkie, mm-hmm. but I liked seeing where they could go with his art form. Like, I'm not one of those people, I'm not impressed by hyper-realism. Right. Like, I'm just not because I'm like, well, you know, you, you, you brute force enough stuff. Yeah, you can make it look like real life. But what's always more intriguing to me is when people like one of my favorite games um, that I just I, I can't get over most of the time is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, it's like Toon Link is the best link. And the the reason one of the reasons I love that is like this is to me when I play that game I'm like this is this is the way that like I I kind of saw it in my head that game does mm-hmm. and it's beautiful it's it's kind of like that cell shading sort of minimalistic ish design is just absolutely intriguing to me um one thing I I love sailing in that game I know some people hate it. <laughs> but to me, just like sort of like riding around in that boat, there's something like very solitary and lonely in the best kinds of ways. Yeah. Um, that that game sort of evokes in me. Um, and so, you know, and then you know, we talked about Journey a little bit last week. And it's like mm-hmm. that, that is a game that doesn't really place like a huge emphasis on hyper realism. It's very stylistically sort of oriented. And so as, you know, and things like that intrigue me and that's an easy way to get my attention. Mm. Like Shadow of the Colossus, right? Mm. That game, like the the Colossus design in that, like, yes, the world is sort of like, I didn't play that game and keep playing that game. I mean, the story was good, okay? But what it was is like seeing those colossi, like, and seeing the design there, um, and you know, towards the end, that story just yeah did a real number on me. So, Shadow of the Colossus is sort of an outlier in that it hits in like eight different directions from at once because the right. sound design is amazing in that game. Presentation is just amazing. Yeah. I know some people don't like the controls, the old school controls, but what I will say is I think that there are times when learning, relearning how to use a controller to play a certain game is good because it forces you to sort of get into a different headspace for, for that game. Um, but I just felt like that. And it was, so there was this whole idea where it's like, basically like I moved at some point in time and I can't pinpoint it, but sort of saying like, no, like control matters in, in a way that, and, and the way that I'm able to interact with the game and the way that the game sort of provides feedback to me, those like gameplay loops and those, those hooks. Um, like we started using words like feel when mm-hmm. we talk like the combat feels a certain way or 
um, you know, one of the things I heard a lot was with the new God of War, and I, I know I've referenced that in pretty much every podcast we've talked about, but a lot, a lot of people said, like, when I throw the axe and when you bring it back, there's a feel to it. It just mm-hmm. feels good. And I'm saying, like, man, like, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, so what we're seeing is, like, there's all these different layers that when it, it's all done correctly, um, and, and not everybody hits on every every note like i would mm-hmm. say like dude when i look at like bloodborne aesthetically i'm not super into that game like okay um i i think it's kind of gross looking yeah unnecessarily gross looking okay I, I think it's i don't i don't know maybe this is just me but i think it's like it is it just looks crappy okay like it just like it doesn't look good um i think you can get the same sort of feel and have like a better look but everything's like there's just lots of like hairy shredded clothing and the blood is like everything just looks like kind of like gross and the yeah but the gameplay like the controls and like i didn't play that game for the story i played that game Mm -hmm. because like man when you're fighting that stuff and when you pull off a good combo and when you do like the shotgun parry and like all that other stuff like the way that game just goes boop and you're just like in that headspace that's that's something that like when we talk about games versus other art forms and yes i will say other art forms like video games or interactive entertainment with like i think like trying to rename it that's just pretentious and pompous yeah. and stupid because it is what it is um you know that's like when people like want to be like it's not movies it's cinema it's like mm-hmm. you're an yeah, idiot film <laughs> yeah, even though film. we don't use well the, the, yeah it's okay. all yeah it's, sorry <laughs> but there's this sort of like it's it's really this and and even when we were talking a little bit about it last week like how i don't really like horror movies but i like like one of my favorite games is dead space and again mm-hmm. this is a game that's like got incredible control i like the visual like one of the things i like is like the minimalistic hud on that thing how there isn't actually a hud it's all like you looking at the like life bar thing on isaac's back and there's you know there's like almost no hud in that game and there's no sort of like it's this very organic thing the combat in that game feels like like impactful mm-hmm. and the sound design in that game just head explodey um if if people could see my face they'd probably see me making a bunch of weird faces um <laughs> you know feel feel bad for josh because he has to to see me making all all my weird faces but the reality yeah, it feels is like, good dude Uh, oh we're getting all these feel talks all this (laughs) i feel this but i think that's that's the thing that's like that's the hook that's the big hook is that when a game does it right it pulls you in in a way that involves you emotionally yeah in a way that like media like other forms of media Mm can't because it builds on all this other stuff like so it has you know now granted like you're not going to get the same level of storytelling like Dude, like, if you really want storytelling, go watch a good movie. Like, go watch a well-written, well-directed movie. You're going to get a better story out of that nine times out of ten than you will most video games. But, like, you know, there there are ways that we can play with the form a little bit. Like, you know, one of the games that, when we started talking about, like, presentation was, like, that I thought of, like, and it's just one of the most visually striking games I've ever played. It's Okami. 
mm-hmm. that yeah. game is rendered entirely in this Japanese like watercolor style that is breathtaking. Yeah. Now that that game has some serious drawbacks. Like I love that game. I'm a huge fan of it. I think if you like Legend of Zelda, it's the the best Legend of Zelda that Nintendo never made. Um, <laughs> but like that game is hands down gorgeous. But so that's I mean th- those are sort of some of the thoughts that I had when we when you when you sort of pitched this at me. And um, dude, I what, love it. I love it. I I totally agree with you. I I just want to go back to what I was saying at first, um, and I was kind of making fun of the whole like idea of interactive uh, interactive storytelling, like video games are interactive storytelling. And um, I I just want to clarify, I was looking at the beginning of video games, like the genesis of mm-hmm. what was a video game. Um, but I think your uh, your comparing it to movies is is right on the mark because just as movies have evolved so has the medium of video games um so i'm not saying like i didn't mean to disparage video games as art i do believe that i I mean you know i went on like 10 minutes about journey last week or last time um so i definitely think that that video games can be an art form um, yeah, I, I just meant that like, it didn't start that way. So to say that it's always been, that is kind of, uh, is, is no, kind it's, of it's just not, it's not true. Yeah. It's not true. So yeah, it's but, okay. And then, and then by the other, on the other side of that coin though, is that I don't think all games are like arcadey, just like time wasters. Like they used to be, you know, mm-hmm. I love me some metal slug. Don't get me wrong, oh, but dude. like, but that is not the epitome of video game. Like, like the quarter munching, button mashing kind of. In that game, I I would I would say it has a great art style. Um, that's mm-hmm. very consistent. Um, but uh, that game, it, it's an arcade game, and and there are games that are coming out nowadays that that are much more than just arcade games. If you want an arcade game, it's a great one. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a big dumb action movie. Yes, and that's exactly. Fine. Exactly. That's actually, that's that's perfect for what it is. Yeah. You know, but it's not going. You know, it's it's not. You're not gonna like if you want to watch like The Godfather, <laughs> and somebody like rolls up and is like, "Dude, let's watch Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're just gonna walk away from that disappointed. Man. Right. Right. Exactly. As great as Terminator two is like, it is not the Godfather and yeah, it's, it's very different. So, so yeah, I think, I think the discussion of video games as art is, is a good discussion too. Like you said, it can definitely get pretentious when you're thinking that all, um, video games are art or all video games have something to say. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so you, there, there has to be this balance. Like you have to look into what were the surrounding circumstances of the video game, you know? Because every video game has its um, has its constraints in terms of what was actually envisioned by the original director and what ended up as the final product. You know, there's there's that there as well. Um, the different kind of uh, categories that I had used the um, gameplay and story and presentation categories uh, they there's there's a lot of discussion at least from what i have seen about like 
And, and the question that I had posed is like, what is most important to you when you're deciding to play a game? And I think you said as much, but I've, I've come to the conclusion that it really depends on the game. First mm-hmm. and foremost is like, what type of game am I playing? Um, because that'll definitely determine how much I value something like story. I Nine times out of ten, I don't care about the story in a fighting game. I just don't. That said, the last fighting game I played through was that Persona fighting game, and that had a great story, which was hmm. surprising. Um, but, I, you know, I don't go into a Street Fighter game wanting more story. The story's there, and cool, whatever. But I'm not, like, that's not the reason I play that game. Um, I go into Street Fighter to play Flowchart Ken. And get my rear end handed to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't played a Street Fighter game in a long time. I was just pulling that out of thin air. Um, but then there, yeah, there are other games. I think what it comes down to a lot of the time, especially for like what um, what Eric had said about the mood that you're in to play the game. Mm-hmm. I think that that depends a lot on it. Also, after I play a JRPG, I generally want to play a more like arcadey type game just to kind of vary it you know get get something new in my system and kind of just just change it up a little bit and a game that that focuses more on the pure mechanics or the gameplay of the game um so i think it really it depends what you're looking for it depends on the genre things like that but i think the best games are the ones that are able to meld all three of those into a fantastic experience. Um, so some of the games that, that come to mind, I mean, I, I think I've said it before, is that my favorite game of all time um, is a tie between Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. Like those are just, those are just the, the, mm-hmm. the top of the line for me because I think they meld all three of those presentation, you know, music, artwork, um, the story of the games and the gameplay all just kind of comes together. And it definitely they're products of their time, so they're not the most, uh, you know. I, I would say, I would say even like with something like Bravely Default, like the the battle system in that game is fantastic and probably better than the battle system in Final yeah. Fantasy VI. But um, for its time, VI was uh, even it took a lot of elements from previous games, but it amped it up um, the way that they integrated the characters and the different jobs that the characters had for lack of a better term um it was it was absolutely fantastic and and so i think i think that those games kind of meld those other games that i think of are like yoshi's island in terms of platformers i love that game i love the the way that the art and music combines with the way that you're playing just just the way that yoshi moves and how tight it feels um is great that said, there's no story. <laughs> so I guess I just shot myself in the foot with that one. I guess I was thinking gameplay and presentation with that one. Um, you know, the story is get baby Mario back to his parents. That's it. Run from the left to the right. Um, but then, yeah, but I mean, the way that you run from right to left to left to right is absolutely brilliant in in that game. So it is. It's like you said, it's the, the controls are super tight. Like level design is. Yeah, 
Yeah. They got me thinking about that game. <laughs> I love it. Dude, the, the, some of the tracks from that soundtrack pop into my head just randomly sometimes. Mm. And I love it because it's so just like carefree. I can see the little Yoshi just kind of like, you know, Dude, bouncing from side to side. Animation. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Um, just a couple of other games that I, I'd meant, I'd written down as persona Four golden. Um, even though it's not my favorite in the persona series, I think the mechanics, the gameplay are the best out of all of them. Uh, they streamlined a lot of things. Um, there's definitely a lot of story there. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, depending on what you prefer, I preferred the story in three. And so that's why I prefer that game. Uh, presentation is top notch. I mean, it's just that game is, is very much persona and it, you know, from the first, you know, couple hours that you're playing, like this is persona. It just feels it has it has that feel, like you said, of persona. Um, and then of course journey that I talked about and how it used the mechanics of gameplay into along with its presentation to just make you feel <laughs> the entire game was just geared towards the emotional reaction that you had while you were playing the game. Um and the story was such that even if I wasn't a big fan of the way that it ended, I do think it was it was ambiguous enough, it was visceral enough that it left you with like you can't deny that it was effective, even story wise, even if you didn't enjoy the story, if that makes any sense. No, um, yeah, yeah. So it's hard for me to come to a definitive conclusion in terms of what is better. What do I look for? Gameplay or story or presentation? It really, it depends on the type of game. And I'd say the best games are the ones that can combine all of those elements together. Because there are some games that I'll play that are heavily focused on just one aspect of that. Um, but then other games, like I mentioned how, you know, like I probably have some RPGs in my backlog that I'm not going to get around to because I've heard the story is bland. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, e unless there's a big hook of like some really interesting gameplay, then I, I might not get around to it. Well, and that's, that's interesting too. Like, you know, even bringing up like, you know, sort of looking at RPGs, like, man, like the story needs to be super strong there because mm -hmm. even in the, the active sort of like turn-based stuff, man, like I, I love that you, you you dropped you know you dropped out the the two best Square Enix games ever, um, Chrono Trigger <laughs> and Final Fantasy VI. Sort of just in one fell swoop. We're old, there. can you tell? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, no, we're just awesome, and we have great taste. Um, <laughs> I like that one more. Um, no, I mean Chrono Trigger edges out Final Fantasy VI for me. But like, I think like the thing is like okay, like so to a certain extent there isn't like a whole lot that you can do with sort of that menu based combat. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even like the active time battle and the way that, um, just that game works together and like the text, the single text, the double text, the triple text, like mm -hmm. the, the, the roster sort of like flop out and switch out stuff like that's. And, and even like the way that that game, like there are weird little things that have weight that mm -hmm. in the ending like i watched i actually sort of uh logan actually shared uh with me a link to the completionists uh episode it's like his 200th oh, episode yeah yeah that's and a it was great like, episode because he had never played it i 
I watched all like 45, 50 minutes of that. And I was just like, man, like, and, and that, that episode actually made me subscribe to the completionist Mm -hmm. because I was like, man, like I appreciate this. Like, I don't like warning. He's kind of vulgar at times. Yeah. He drops Um, GD a lot. Yeah. And, and a lot of JCs and it kind of was like frustrating. Mm -hmm. And, but man like that I, I like that dude's like take on games and he talks to the way like the way he gushes about Chrono Trigger I'm like I like this dude respect um, <laughs> yeah yes. respect um but yeah and it's just it's one of those games that it, it was a bit of like a just you know to sort of not to rely too hard on the puns but it was a game changer for me <laughs> but um yeah yeah I think the storyline too and just like you know, you know that that sort of cyberpunk future time manipulation stuff, and it's like there's a lot of ways that that game could have gone sideways real oh, yeah. quick. Oh yeah, and just to see, like it's it's this thing that honestly, like you know, he brings it up that there were like three superpowers came together, right? Just character design. Um, combat and 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 mechanics design and the sound design and these dudes combine their powers and akira toriyama is like a bit of a hero i'm an animation junkie mm-hmm. and dragon ball z is is totally overrated and i get it <laughs> but it's still fun oh, and yeah. he's just like his stuff is kind of timeless mm-hmm. and i mean it's, it's persisted for a reason um not that it's like high art or anything but it's just <laughs> like you know the fact that he was like the the, the lead designer on that um, there's also like he, the reason I love the Dragon Quest game so much is because he's he's basically done all their design work for them mm-hmm. as well. But that I'm saying it, it was just like it's one of those things that I don't think that we have anything that is like equivalent, right? In the last like ten to fifteen years, that that even sort of touches on that. So you get like these three like just dudes three guys who have absolutely no business being in the same room and they Mm -hmm. make a game and it's not only is it good and coherent it's 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 lightning in a bottle it really is you know and um i know some people like logan has tried to play it a couple times and just can't get into it and at that point i'm just like get good scrub (laughs) like um but shame I, I mean, I brought up a couple of mine. I think like Shadow of the Colossus, you know, yeah. I'd be remiss um, just because I, like I said, I'm sort of an apologist for that game in a lot of ways. Like I will like straight up like, I think if you want to talk to me about games, like the games as art conversation and you haven't played Shadow of the Colossus, shut up and go <laughs> play it. Like don't, don't bring your, your noise to me. And say, oh, rr, 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 you know, I don't care. Like, have you played Shadow of the Colossus? No. Okay, go away. Because that is a high water mark in that conversation. That, and I'm not saying that other games haven't contributed to that mm-hmm. in any way, but I'm saying, like, dude, this is like that was. I think that was one of the first games that, like, you know, really showed us that no, like the way that you experience a game. And for people who are just like coming across it now with the remasters and stuff, I'm just going to look at you and say, like, you don't understand that in the era of the PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. like this came out along the same time as like Final Fantasy X, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XII, um, Resident Evil 4 was a contemporary. And so like a lot of the gameplay, like we like it was 
super heavy handed and ostentatious and just sort of like pompous and, and showy and just kind of like, or it was super arcadey. And there's this game that just sort of like refuses to be defined by anything else. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, so, you know, um, I would just sort of say like, man, like, and I think like we have, we have our breath of the wilds. Now we have our God of Wars. We have our horizon zero dawns and these other games that have been able to sort of push the medium forward in the ways they have because we had a shadow of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. And I will like, I mean, like, you know, granted, I, it's not like I can be like fact, I will fight you. (laughs) Um, but I think like, you know, it's, it's one of those things like that, that game so heavily weighs in on that, uh, that conversation that anything outside of that. And and it's not to say that other people weren't doing other things. I mean, like, you know, um, and, and that there aren't other worthwhile contributions. I'm just saying like, to the extent that I don't think there is another game as sort of groundbreaking or as, as sort of paradigm shifting as shadow of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also, well, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, just see if this if this analogy makes any sense or if you think this is a terrible analogy feel free to to brush it off but what would you say about saying that shadow of the colossus is kind of like the mona lisa that if you don't know what you're looking at it's just a picture of a woman but if you understand what went into that painting and the whole you know the 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 question you know why is she smiling? What's up with it? What's up? You know what what is going on with this piece of this groundbreaking piece of art? That if you if you can actually start to understand it, if you know the um, if you know the history behind it or or know why it was painted, uh, if you understand the where in the lifespan of the PlayStation Two that uh, Shadow of the Colossus actually came out in, because I remember popping in that game and just being floored by the the uh presentation. Mm-hmm. I remember getting on the horse and the way the horse moved um and especially the sunsets was were just they mm-hmm. blew me away that you could have graphics like that. Nowadays we're spoiled by by amazing graphics, don't get me wrong. Um but it doesn't have the same impact. So so what do you think of that analogy? Is that any uh, I would I would say that that's accurate because like, if you look at it without the context of understanding what, what like, you know, if you look at it sort of without all that context, you're just going to see this like, sort of like, yeah, it's just a lady. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it oh, it's just a game about big things. And I'm like, <laughs> man, like, and at that point in time, I'm just like, and I get it. It's, it's sort of one of those things too, where um, it is very much a sort of moment in time thing. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, and, and this is one of the shortcomings, all right, of the medium. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like this is sort of something we do need to address, is that video games aren't transcendent the way that, like, a painting or a good piece of music are. Yeah. Or even, like, good film, like, film, you know, <laughs> I'm throwing up air quotes there, people, is, like, you know, there's some movies that will stand the test of time. There's some books that will stand the test of time. There are some paintings that... You know, as long as we have, like, there are just some things, like, that are transcendent. 
they just sort of like they mm-hmm. step out of space and time and like yes they will turn to dust they will wither they will fade you know the moth will come rust will destroy like but you know in as much as like we can sort of experience sort of an agelessness on this side of glory like these are like glimpses into eternity and i think like i said for me i i really do think shadow of the colossus you know it's you you absolutely cannot talk talk about this stuff like i think shadow of the colossus is the the closest that video games have gotten to having a transcendent expression Hmm. you know yeah uh, yeah, but it, it definitely, I think also its message, you feel its message viscerally with that game. You had mentioned about the way that it teaches you how to play. I completely agree. That game w- is immersive and I still haven't even finished that game. I, I've told you that before, but I remember what I play. <laughs> He's given me uh, the, the, the dead eyes. No, not the dead eyes, but you, you want me dead. Um, nah, so nah. I want you to freaking play the game. game. Yeah, just um, part I need to. I even have the PS3 port. But anyways, um, it, but I remember how how immersive, and I know that's a buzzword with video games nowadays. But how it felt to to climb up the colossi and to finally be able to <laughs> stab them to death. Um, but also, and and I have had the ending spoiled, so I. I'm sorry, but, but you still get, I'm sorry for you, man. Well, you still get, I would, I would argue even from the, from what I played, you know, maybe half the game, you still get that feeling of like, is this okay? Like, like almost a sense of like a sense of accomplishment that you took down this huge boss, but then the sense of like, wait a second, like it's dying and I killed it. Um, so, so I, I would argue that it even, it lets on long before the twist that, that something else is going on in the game. Um, And that's what, that's one of the beauties of that game. I agree. Is the way that they, they sort of like, it hits a point like, uh, after a couple, like the first Colossus, you're kind of like, this feels a little weird. And then that just like that feeling, they keep like wrenching that a little bit. And after a while, you're just like. Like it, I felt like, like legitimately, I remember at one point in time, like in my heart, sort of almost being like numbed to their suffering. And this yeah. is going to sound like really weird. And I'm like, dude, like the fact that a game, a video game, you know, air quotes here, can evoke that. Yep. Like, dude, like that's something special. Yeah. That is something special. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To actually be able to, to, like you said, conjure up that sense of empathy for something mm-hmm. because it was because it was lifelike again i don't know if it if it holds up a hundred percent but i know at the time it it definitely did affect me um and there was something else i was gonna say and i don't remember what it was oh that's what it was is that i think um th- i think one of the the beautiful things about that game is the like you had said games around that time were very much in your face and very flamboyant Whereas this game was subtle. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't bash you over the head with what it was trying to do, but it, it subtly made you feel, I don't know. Another this, way to put I, it. I would say like in a lot of the, the same ways that like 
journey's strength is in its sort of ambiguity. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I would say that Shadow of the Colossus, um, one of its strengths is like there's a minimalism there that just sort of like is not skeletal or spare, but it's very like, it's, it's just like, it's like they took all the fluff and all the stupid out Mm -hmm. and they said these are the beats this is the story these are the hooks that need to be there and then they just they tune them to such an extent that that game just sort of reaches in goes and just pulls you right along Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was a very focused experience plays you like a fiddle or played (laughs) me like a fiddle yeah um yeah i mean and and, you know i mentioned a couple other games like man like I, i i do love wind waker I love mm-hmm. how vibrant that game is. I do, like I said, I love going out in the boat and just sort of like the loneliness that just sort of like that cartoon cell shaded ocean can can work on me is 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 just really interesting. Yeah, dude. Uh, I would like this is the thing. I really like Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I would be remiss. I think the Dishonored games have like a really probably belong on some of that list i think like they Mm -hmm. do some things that are just absolutely like you know i know that some people it's all about like the emergent gameplay and stuff and like manipulating the systems but there's something very intriguing about that and i I haven't put my my finger on that one um okay i mean the thing is like it's it's hard for me to go back i mean aside from chrono trigger and a couple others it is really hard for me to go back to, to anything much before Shadow of the Colossus, say, like, no, this is an impactful game. I mean, like, yes, I, Dragon Warrior sort of, like, sold me on the Dragon Quest games for life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, I, you know, I, I played, like I said, I played mostly JRPGs and sort of, like, the action-adventure. And action-adventure games meant something different than they do now. Um, <laughs> like, Mega Man... Dude, I'll tell you what, like, one, like, the Mega Man series... Um, I am not very good at those games, mm-hmm. but I, I love them. Like I played Mega Man two until like my thumbs bled. <laughs> and you know, like if anybody remembers like the old Nintendo square paddle or the rectangle uh, paddle, like I would get like these indentations on my fingers from holding that controller so hard, like or on my palms or something. Yeah. I can't remember, but it was like, and like my mom would like look at my hands and, it, and then I wouldn't be allowed to play Nintendo for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. I like, Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, the precision in that game. Like, that's a game where, like, the story's kind of like, eh, but, mm-hmm. like, learning the order of the bosses and then, like, the precision of, like, you know, if you are three pixels off, like, two pixels off, like, you're going to miss the jump, you're going to die. And, like, that, that sort of, like, that brutal sort of, like, precision. And even the way that that's sort of carried on in like games like the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and Neo and stuff like that, it's not quite the same thing. But that sort of that same spirit, I think, lives on in that. And like I said, it's just hard for me to go and and look at games and sort of say like, no, these are the great like. And and I know that they're there. Mm-hmm. I just they're not as sort of like fresh in my brain. Um, like you know, I know some people like they're like they get hooked on like Mario 64 mm-hmm. or o- Ocarina of Time. And those games are fine. And, and if that's like your favorite game of all time, I'm glad. Like, you know, I think, I, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of like the shallow end of the pool, but that's fine. You know, and I'm not trying, <laughs> oh. I'm not trying to be dismissive or sort of like, you know, backhanded or, or snooty, 
but I'm I'm saying like man like the the reality is like I think they're just like um like the those games are very gamey and they're mm-hmm. like you know like game with a Y you know, t- like they're they're very much a game whereas Shadow was something that and you know and there have been games that have sort of like followed in that like uh, Fez um, uh-huh. and Braid. And there's a whole like slew of sort of like the the indie art game sort of mm-hmm. stuff that that's cropped up and uh, super giant games. Uh, they did Bastion mm-hmm. and Transistor Empire. Like yeah, they sort of might be lumped into that. And there's like a whole slew of indie games that I'm just I have no awareness of. But yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, that might veer on the other side of the of the that whole continuum uh, wow couldn't even pronounce it continuum of just how they uh it, how they're trying to make a piece of art that is no longer much of a video game uh, which mm-hmm. isn't altogether bad but sometimes it, it's often pretentious i'll just say that mm-hmm. um the last thing that i wanted to to say it, it just had to do with something that you had mentioned earlier and about stories in video games and stories in movies. And I agree with what you were saying in terms of like the story in a video game can only be so good because you have this element of interactivity. So you can't tell a pure story necessarily. Like there has to be a certain sense of the player actually having a role in the story. And so you have to account for what the player can do. So I get from that sense um, the, the, I guess the difficulty of making a really good story in a video game. The only thing that I would say, though, is that I think while the story in general may suffer in video games, I think where it can shine is in characterization, in like mm-hmm. building very compelling characters. Because unlike a movie, in a video game, and I'm thinking primarily JRPGs, but but in in video games in general, you would have twenty hours of being with a character versus and and you know it's not going to be as cinematic. It's not going to be as um, in depth as certain scenes in a movie. But just spending time and interacting with characters for a long time, I think, is the advantage of video games in creating compelling characters. I'm a fanboy, I'll say it. Um, but I mentioned earlier Final Fantasy VI being one of those mm-hmm. games that I absolutely love. And the one of the main reasons I love that game is the are the characters. I mean, the whole cast is, I would say, extremely compelling. Yeah, there's some throwaway like extra characters. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, but a lot of the, there's subtlety in that game that happens that, that you can honestly just gloss over unless you really take a look into it like what happens with um with the, the I named the character Mowgli but his name is Gao uh his storyline in that game is the wild boy yeah is compelling if or not compelling is heartbreaking if you know what's going on there the whole thing with um Shadow the ninja and uh what was her name Realm I think the painter and how like she might be his daughter there's there's some stuff that goes on in that game um that i think 
with the character and the ending. I'm going to gush for just two seconds. I'm so sorry. The ending is fantastic because it shows like what the characters did after the game, which was so um, satisfying as a, you know, a teenager playing this video game for 30 hours or whatever. Um, So anyways, that's that. You know what also makes that game awesome? Is that the villain doesn't suck? <laughs> Kefka is the best Final Fantasy villain ever. He is because great. he actually he actually does what he sets out to do. Mm-hmm. Unlike Sephiroth, who <laughs> just gets spoiled everywhere and looks like a mopey '90s emo transsexual. <laughs> uh, you're probably gonna have to edit this out now. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I mean, I'm just trying to like rile Jesse up. Yeah. I'm trying to get him to like, yeah. no, but, um, I, I get what you're saying. I think, I think like you said, there was in that era that final fantasy seven was created. There was a certain sense of like bombast that they were trying to create. And so yeah. Sephiroth had to be, uh, I can't think of another way of saying this, but I might edit out. I don't know. He had to be a bad in every scene that he was in. You know what I mean? Like he had to, oh, he had to look cool and brooding and, and, um, he had menacing. to have zippers where he didn't need zippers <laughs> and his sword had to be 40 feet long. Right. Like, it's not like he's compensating or anything. <laughs> right. No. Whereas, uh, contrast that with Kefka, he, he's a literal clown for the first like quarter of the game. So you don't even think, you know, he just, he comes bumbling in laughing which is this kind of like weird creepy laugh so you think that he's little, a nobody like, that animation i see that animation oh. with the, the pixel that mm-hmm. little like how the shoulders would come up and it like oh so good oh because then where the game actually goes and his betrayal and and his rise to power then you see everything he did in retrospect and it's just super creepy that someone like that could become so powerful um, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, here we are gushing about Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, it's the best. Well, it's... we probably ought to be wrapping. It yes. Up. Yeah. So We're I gotta good. check on this kitten situation. All um, right. Uh, do you do have you... any like? That's what I was gonna ask. Any closing recos? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so okay. I have <laughs> one. I have one, and it is um. There's a YouTuber that I enjoy. His name is Game Dave. Um, the quality of his videos is pretty good. He is generally pretty clean. Um, I have heard him say one or two words that I was just kind of like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but in general, he's pretty clean. He started a podcast recently, and it's called Digitally Distracted. And I enjoy it because he's kind of a, a I mean, not not a purely retro gamer. He plays new games, um, but his perspective, he is an older gamer and uh i say hmm. that he's probably in his 30s uh his sense of humor is great and and a lot of what he talks about it kind of harkens back to the area era of video games that i grew up on and so i enjoy it. i also really like that that title um i don't know if it's entirely tongue-in-cheek but i enjoy the reminder that like sometimes this is just a distraction like mm-hmm. sometimes this can get in a way it's it's good to be honest that like hey you know, if this if this is a distraction, I don't know. The way that I take it is like, if this is a distraction, just turn it off. Um, yeah. Because 
Like there are other more beneficial things you may be doing right now. Anyways, Digitally Distracted by Game Dave. That sounds cool. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out, man. Um, I've, I've got a couple. Like I alluded to at the beginning, um, been using the Westminster Confession to guide my devotions. Um, I would recommend, okay, so if you're not a Presbyterian, you're not inclined towards Presbyterianism, there's also uh, in the Three Forms of Unity. It has the Belgic Confession in it, I think. And then uh, there's the London Baptist Confession of Faith. Mm-hmm. Or is that what the, yeah, the 1689 or whatever. Yep. Um, so, like, I, you know, and again, this is targeted more at like reformedom or whatever. And I think it would be beneficial for people who aren't inclined towards reformedom uh, to just study these and go through them. And, and, it, but it was I good. Agree. Yeah. See where um, you disagree. I mean, like, even yeah. if you don't, if, if it's not your, thing then cool but know why it's not yeah well and that's one of the things that i love about the pca is that you are allowed to take exceptions to okay. certain certain of the standards but you better know why you take an exception yeah. to that standard. <laughs> um and and the, the version i have actually has like all the proof texts and everything sort of right there on the page so nice um, it's yeah it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty hearty little book and I have two more here. Bloody Wood is this Indian metal band. It's Bloody Wood, like Bollywood, only it's Bloody Wood. Nice. And they did this song, and I actually posted it on my personal Facebook page called, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, G Vray or V Ray or okay. whatever, but it's two words. It's J E E, then space B E E R E Y. Um, and it's some of it is in Indian or whatever or Hindi. I I I don't know Farsi. I don't know like I I want to be sensitive there or whatever. But they also provide and there's some like some of the choruses sung in English, but they provide subtitles and stuff. Uh, it's just a really neat song. I really I like the sound of it, and then mm-hmm. when I listened to it and actually read the lyrics, I really appreciated it. Um, nice. It was good. And then um, for fans of Parks and Rec. Your yeah. boy Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler have a show together again, mm-hmm. and it's called Making It. And what a lot of people may not know about Mr. Offerman is that besides playing the the magnificent Ron Swanson mm-hmm. and being the perfect parody of every libertarian I've ever known, <laughs> including myself, um, he's also like a dedicated craftsman. He is yeah. a very talented woodworker if you didn't know that they have a show called making it and it's sort of a, a like it's a contest sort of like i don't want to say game show because it's not really gamey but it's mm-hmm. like one of those shows where they bring in basically a bunch of craftsmen and craftswomen to make things and there's a it's it's just really really fun that there's one episode it's available on hulu I recommend it. Nice. So I'll need to check it out. I didn't know it was on Hulu. Well, on that note, Josh, I don't have anything else. I think you don't have anything else. So I guess until next time. So about two weeks from now, yeah, about same two bat weeks. time, Something same like bat that. channel, you know, all that stuff. See where we're but, at. All, all right, right, man. 
until then, um, keep your backlogs and finances in mind, people. Peace. Later.